Welcome to the NBA Hangout, presented by Playbook Sports. I'm your host, Brandon. With me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Good, man. I'm excited to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited. We have some exciting things to talk about. You know, we had the in-season tournament, which created a lot, a lot of buzz this weekend and on Tuesday. Um, we also got the Magic, a surprising good team this year. You know, they're second in the East right now um, as we record this. We'll see how that goes. We have the Raptors. We get to talk about your Raptors. Um, if they yeah. should finally sell some of their parts, or if they should go on the other go the other way and try to, to win again. You know, at 800, uh, 500 team right now. So let's uh, let's see how that is as well. In season tournament, as I mentioned, has been great. And Chet is he the runaway rookie of the year? Um, before we get started, how how was your week? How did you how did you like this week in basketball? Yeah, you know, another uh, another solid week in basketball. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, more more clarity. We're getting closer to the quarter mark, so I think we're we're beginning to understand more uh, what every team looks like, uh, what to expect from the year, and uh, where people may have lost money already if they <laughs> placed the wrong bets. Yeah, no, we're definitely starting to figure all that stuff out, and. As you mentioned, like we're trying to figure out where teams sit, and one team that's sitting pretty high in the Eastern Conference standings is the Magic. Um, to begin in the year, like I admittedly didn't have so much faith in the Magic. Like I did view them as a team that could be, you know, in the play-in play-in tournament, um, maybe sneak into a, a sixth seed if things kind of broke right for them. But as we record this, they are the second seed. They're sixth in the league in point differential. They're second in, in defensive rating. Um, so they've been putting it together. You know, the Magic in years past have been a – they usually uh, peak near the end of the year, and they usually peak with their defense. So them having a good defense doesn't really shock me, especially with some of their personnel. Um, but putting it together on the offensive end, you know, with Paolo and Franz kind of leading the charge there and having having that stability there, it's kind of brought a new light to them, which is which is nice to see. How What are your thoughts on the Magic and how they've started this season so far? Yeah, I'm obviously like I'm impressed like everyone else is. Um, The thing that strikes me with the Magic is how deep they are. Like they're a team nursing a lot of injuries right now. Um, Like we forget like Wendell Carter Jr. has been injured most of the year and he's their starting center. (laughs) Um, And he's like a big deal for their team. Um, You know, I believe Markel Fultz is is nursing something at the moment. He's out right now, yeah. Um, Isaac's always so, in out. <laughs> Isaac's always questionable. Um, so this is a team that's just like next man up constantly. And because they were, you know, they were a, a draft hoarder for so long, they have so many good young players who are getting opportunities to play, um, you know, getting new opportunities to, uh, to shine like a Jalen Suggs who, who like a few years ago we were like writing off as a bust pick, yeah. Even though it was like his rookie year, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. No, it's, if, <laughs> if players aren't LeBron in their first year, we're like they're no good. Yeah. Get rid of them. Throw them out. <laughs> Throw them out. Trade them. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you make a good point with like Suggs, especially like he's he's trying to come into his own. Um, we knew he had the defensive potential, but you're seeing it more and more. Like the hunger that he has when he plays has been really impressive, and I think that translates to other guys to other guys on the team team as well. Like. Uh, I've enjoyed um, watching the few the few Magic games that they, admittedly I haven't watched a ton of Magic, but the few times I do check in with them, I always <laughs> seem to see that um, 
Suggs just playing his heart out, like going hard, trying to create havoc. He made Jovic, uh, Jokic almost um, get himself ejected the other night um, just by being <laughs> a pest. And, you know, he kind of has that pet Beverly in him where he just kind of annoys people on the defensive end in a good way. It's something that might annoy you if you're a fan of another team, but if you're a fan of the Magic, it's something that you especially like. Well, it's... it's um... The Magic are interesting because so many of their players have taken a little bit of time to like unfold and turn into the type of player that they were profiled at the draft as. So like Suggs and Cole Anthony were supposed to be these like really intense, hard-nosed leader types. Yeah. And that's totally what they've turned into, right? And then you've got your other guards in Fultz and Anthony Black who are just these like chess players who are just throwing the ball all over the place and yeah the magic are just really unfolding in a nice way they remind me a lot of of the thunder just because of the youth and the tons of draft talent and it's it's like the thunder right before shay's mvp turn right if if palo turns and becomes an mvp candidate even like a fringe one yeah this this magic team is is not just like really fun this year. This magic team is really fun for a long time. Yeah, there'll be there'll be a team uh there'll be a team to stay for sure if if if, if Paolo could turn can turn into that. And, you know, the signs are there. Like for a rookie last year, he was one that got to the line a lot and he's can continued that. Like that's rare. Um and something you can always fall back on if you're a rookie or if you're a, a scorer in general. If your shot's not going, then you want someone who can kind of get to the line to slow down the game or to, you know, find your rhythm again. Um, and you mentioned, you know, Wendell Carter being injured. Um, I think that might have, like, positively affected their their defense because Wendell is a good defender. Um but I think when they have options like uh, like Goga, um, who doesn't demand as much on the offensive end but can still provide, like, that rim protection and stuff like that, I think it kind of helps help them kind of lean into their identity more um, than before, which has been really, really neat to see. Um, they're not really at much of a crossroad right now. I think they're in a position where they can kind of just ride out with, with, with what they have, um, kind of see which of the young guys stick. I still think their guard rotation might be a little clogged up, but it's working for them right now. They have so many different options, like, and you know, guys are always hurt. So when someone's hurt, someone else seems to be able to fill in uh, nicely. And, you know, Anthony Black getting that opportunity right now to kind of show what he's kind of made of is, is a good thing with false being out. False will come back in and Anthony Black will be able to go back to the bench and be in a more uh, comfortable role for him. So he can continue to grow and learn. Um, I think Cole Anthony finding his, finding his way as kind of a six man, um, sometime starter, but six man type player, I think is really good for them. Like, as you said, like high energy guy, um, and creates that leadership as well. You, you want a leader like that coming off the bench to kind of propel you, um, when you have some of these scoring drills that the magic have had in the past. Um, so yeah, really, really neat stuff from the, from the magic so far. Yeah, like one one of the nice things is that like they have a lot of talent that spreads around nicely. Like like Cole Anthony will become a nice like six man type. He could become the league's best six man type. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and they just like like their best players don't tend to overlap too much outside of like the point guard position except most of their guards are like Omni guards, yeah, right? They can just play the backcourt and you're fine. Yeah, they're big um, enough too that it's like it doesn't really matter if they're point guard, shooting guard. 
Yeah, so like the team the team has a nice like construction balance, yeah. if you will. And uh I, I yeah, they're set up for a long time. Yeah. There's there's no reason to push, there's no reason to like trade for Zach Levine. No, no. There's no reason to um to do anything really except for go to the playoffs, play hard, learn to play hard and evaluate in the off season. I think they'll have uh, many more options in the off season. And with that collection of talent, like you have a guy like France who kind of connects it all together, which is, yeah, you have a nice connector with that. I think it leads to, to good success. We'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor here at the playbook sports network. And that is Betalytics. Betalytics is a predictive sports betting software for player and game props. Whether you're new to betting or a seasoned vet, Betalytics will help you win more single bets and parlays and take back the advantage from the sports books. Visit betalytics.com, that's B-E-T-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S.com to sign up. And when you do, use code PLAYBOOK for 25% off. Year after year and year after year, we asked the question, will the Raptors finally sell some of their their parts? Ever since they've won that championship in 2019, we've kind of wondered how long will the core kind of stay out? We saw bits and pieces of it kind of go to, go elsewhere here and there. Um, I think we're at another year this year where Scotty and Pascal, um, when one has a high usage game, the other one doesn't. So it's kind of looking like a miss and match. Or they're not really figuring out how to play together. Like they are in spurts. When Pascal has a really good game, he has a really good game. When when Scotty has a really good game, then Pascal kind of takes a step back and he's not as impactful. So I think they're still working out working out um, how to um, play together. Um, but still, with that with that be with that said. Um, I still kind of think that they they might be at a road where they don't want to lose so many people for nothing. They've already lost Van Viet for nothing. They lost Lowry for basically nothing, if we can say that. They got Precious back, but they didn't they didn't really get too much back with, as much as they could have got if they traded him in the season. Um, so, do you think that you, as the the Raptors fan here, do you think that this is the year that Masai kind of kind of kicks the tires and? Maybe we won't say rebuild because that's sacrilege to the Raptors at this point. But we'll say they go into a little bit of a, a retooling of of their parts and maybe go a little younger, a little different direction than, than in the past. I I think I've come to understand that like I'll never know what Masai wants to do, <laughs> um, and I think that's part of the Raptors' experience right now. Um, and a lot of it comes down to like your belief, your your like ideas and theories on like team building, right? Um, so if if you believe that you know you should keep your team in a perpetual state of uh, competitiveness, so that they learn all the good habits and they become the right types of players, and you're always just one really good move away from being competitive, then you probably just Keep doing what you're doing, right? Um, Wait till I the don't ship falls. Yeah, I don't personally believe in that type of like uh, uh, roster building. Like the magic, I was just saying, have a nice balance, and the Raptors do not have nice balance. And it comes down to Scotty and Pascal, and they're both great players and seemingly very good people. And when they're both like clicking on the right night, it looks really good. Yeah. And you talk yourself into it yeah. and you go, wow, like this team, this team could really be something. But the reality is this is year three. 
Um, like they've been trying to figure out how to play together for two plus years. It's clear that they don't quite Mesh. gel a hundred percent. Like, like they just, they overlap in too many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the same player, but they just, they overlap. They yeah. want to be in the same parts of the court. They want to do the same types of things on the court. And there's only one ball yeah. and there's only so many minutes to be played. And it just, it's clogging up what the Raptors could do. And I look at a team like the Magic and I look at the team like OKC. And I even look at teams like Detroit who haven't yet found their success. But I I just, I think right now, if you're not going to be able to trade for super duper stars, then you need to build through the draft. And the Raptors don't strike me as a team that can trade for superstars, right? Like they got lucky with Kawhi Leonard, but that was that was a moonshot. And yeah, that's been like one of the only superstar trades that they've really made in the Raptors entire like since they've been around type of thing. Like they, they generally yeah, just don't ever. Yeah, they just generally yeah. don't make those type of trades. They just, as you say, kind of lucked into Pop not wanting to send him to LA. <laughs> yeah. Um my frustration with the Raptors comes from I'm I'm okay. Like I'm more of the mindset of like I'm okay with you trying to compete every year and kind of building those habits. Like I am a Heat fan, as all they do. Yeah, they the never, culture. Yeah, they, they never tank. Like they've tried to tank like once or twice and it didn't even work. So they just said No. We're not doing that again. So um I don't I don't mind you kicking the tires over and over with a core that you know has been successful. My issue is if you're gonna do that, then you have to make tougher moves to solidify that core um you're gonna have to cut a younger player here or there or trade it sorry not cut but trade a younger player here or there or one of your core pieces as they start to phase out of meshing uh to to better your team so when trades came along for like um like donovan mitchell or like kd when those type of trades were coming along and i'm not hearing that the raptors are super aggressive in those talks as someone not maybe maybe I'm not as, as diehard of a Raptors fan, but someone that is from Toronto and does like to see them do well. Um, that kind of frustrated me because it's like, okay, if you're not going to be the team that that fully rebuilds, goes retooling, and you know, say like a bottoms out kind of like a Magic or like an OKC, then if you want to be a competitive team, then let's see you guys put forth the effort in in building that 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 competitive team. Um, if it's not a star move, then maybe just a small move here and there. Um, when Lowry was avail- when Lowry was um, looking like he was on his way out, maybe get a couple of ro- uh, rotational pieces there um, that can help you. Uh, continue to be competitive. You don't have to bottom out of, if that's not what you want to do, but at least make steps towards being a more competitive team and not just relying on good faith from Van Vliet and, and Larry and those guys kind of sticking around. Um, so from that, from that perspective, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, so I would like to see maybe later on this season, maybe once the in season, I think they're, they're already eliminated from the in-season they tournament. are already <laughs> out of the in-season tournament <laughs> so we can't yeah. even really use that as a measuring stick for what your team is and if we'll talk about the in-season tournament later but like that's that's kind of that's kind of had a more competitive competitive environment um so if you're seeing more competitive games happen and your team's not really at that level then you gotta kind of start asking what are we really doing here like OG's a guy that many teams would really like. And is he really long for your team if you're not going to be competitive? Like OG's not really, to me, not the type of player that sticks around for a rebuild. He's more of a player that's served best on a winning team. Um, yeah. Um, any more thoughts you have on them? 
Uh, no, not a, not a, it's hilarious though. Like, like I, I, I want to see the Raptors, you know, move on, turn over some of these players and they've got really good players. Like everybody, yeah, everybody thinks that like, Oh, uh, if you're going to move on from like OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam or any of these guys, uh, it's just like kicking the can down the road. You're just going to get like draft picks in 2028. Yeah. But, uh, Tyrese Halliburton was traded for a good player. Right? You can still make um, trades for good players. Yeah, you can make a trade for a good young player. Like, like <sighs> the price of acquiring another good player is a good player. Yeah. So, if 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 OG or if if Pascal Siakam do move on, like another franchise is going to be really excited about who they get. Yeah, and I think the Raptors should be really excited because they're likely to get somebody really good as well. Yeah. And when you mentioned that, like, like meld with Scotty Barnes in a really cool way. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned like, um, like we we're talking the other week about uh, Tyler Hero and if he's a right fit for, for uh, the heat, we're talking about cat, if he's the right fit for Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. I could see both of those teams kind of looking at like an OG Pascal as a player that fits what they want currently right now. And Tyler or cat being a player, that kind of fits on the Raptors for whatever they want to do in the future. Like I think, or even like a Levine being talked about now, like Raptors could use some scoring. You never know. Maybe you trade off some of your defenders. There's, you could still be good. Like if you want to be good, just, yeah, my frustration just comes with kind of not doing either. (laughs) Just kind of staying. Yeah. No, no direction, no stated direction. I think is the most frustrating part about being a Raptors fan right now is that, we can ex- get excited as a fan base for clarity, for right. for some sort of direction. If you want to load up and be competitive, tell us. Then we can get excited about every win, yeah. and we can get distraught about every loss. Yeah. But if it's about Development. growing players, then like you know, we can calm down on that and get really excited about you know players looking every better. time Scotty yeah. Barnes hits a three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just knowing where where we're going from here. Um, yeah, keep things fresh, and you know who has kept things fresh is the NBA with the in season tournament. Um, this year, there's a lot of skepticism about whether or not the in season tournament would be worth it. Would these games matter? Would players actually care? Um, me personally, um, how this has played out so far, and we haven't even really hit the knockout stage, which, which I think is going to be the really, really exciting part of this, is once we get to that knockout yeah. stage. But we're already seeing teams kind of play hard and have some intensity in these games and not want to be eliminated. On Friday, uh, the Knicks came back from 20 points in the fourth quarter against the Heat in a game that was an elimination game against them. Like If, if the Knicks lost that game, they were eliminated from the in-season tournament. And you could feel the energy in the crowd. I mean, it is MSG, so they're going to have, you know, good energy for most of their games. But you could feel just an extra level of, like, intensity once they're making that comeback that they knew that they had a chance to win this game and keep their, themselves alive in the in-season tournament. Minnes- uh, not Minnesota, but um, the Kings, when they played Minnesota as well, I think they were playing for their in-season lives as well. And they came out just firing, and they won that game by, like, 15, 20 points. And with the point differential, too, has been a nice added surprise I didn't really think about when they announced it having that matter having that matter as a tiebreaker has mattered so far like we saw with the Raptors when they played Chicago 
upset Demar <laughs> by uh, sh- shooting shooting the ball shooting the ball at the end of the game. But when they're trying to rack up points for point differential, even though they're already eliminated, but no one they didn't really know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, how have you felt about the end season tournament? I know you're a little bit higher on it than than I was, I think, to enter. But um, how have you liked how it's uh, played out so far? Yeah, so I was I was completely neutral um, when it came to like the idea. So the implementation, I was like, I was like, okay, let's just let's see what this is. Like, I'm not high, I'm not low on it. And by like week two, I was like in, and and I was like worried. I was like, oh, you know, who's who's going up? Who's losing? Who's like in a bad position now? Mm-hmm. Um, which which teams are beginning to like take it seriously? Who's like getting excited? Um, all these kind of things, and yeah, now now we have teams that are like officially in and officially yeah. eliminated, yeah. and it's good teams that are eliminated. Denver is out of the in season tournament. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> right, and it's like part of me questions. Like now now I'm going too big brain where it's like. Oh, do you not want to be terribly competitive early? It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to like hide your to like, a bit. Exactly. Hold off. Ramp up later in the season for the playoffs. Is Denver playing this smart? Or are the Lakers playing this smart? Where it's like, no, show the people what you got. Mm-hmm. Learn to play high impact games right now. See what you have as a team and so that you are ready come the playoffs. Um yeah, like I think, different approaches, man. Like I'm, I'm getting yeah. really excited about this whole thing. And as you say, we haven't even reached the single elimination uh, aspect right. yet. Yeah, well, I think that's really going to pick things up. And we talked about the Magic earlier. They're, I think they're leading their group in the. Um, yeah, I think they're leading their group in the in the, in, in wins for the in season tournament. And they honestly could be a sneaky team that could could win this thing. <laughs> it's like. Right for them, you know, we talk about like a young group and getting important and and important games, important reps that they just might not have the chance to get later on in the season. I think this is absolutely an opportunity for them to to show what they what they got um, versus a team like Denver who just won a championship. Like obviously, like for them, it might not be as much of a big deal. They're probably still thinking big picture, but should they? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, should they be using this as a kind of like a benchmark for for? Um, seeing what they are as a team early on in the season and, and how they should develop their team later on uh, in the season, what things they should work on, what things they, they can um, fall back on um, for later on the season. I know Denver Denver also is dealing with Jamal, Jamal being injured and stuff like that. So that kind of affects these things, but you know, players get injured in playoffs too. It's like the same, same type of stuff you gotta, you kind of got to deal with. Um, yeah. To me, to, to me, it's a little bit like being in school where you get to like you get to see the exam early. It's like, hey, all this stuff's gonna be on the exam. Be ready, because like once once these games really start to matter, um, it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be like a championship game, but it's gonna be high intensity. It's gonna feel like probably like round one of the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah, you're gonna learn a lot about who you are and who your opponents are and what it's gonna take to beat your opponents. Um, I, I think as a fan of uh, player movement and roster shakeups, <laughs> I think post in season tournament, we are going to see a lot of movement. Like, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if we wait for the trade deadline so much anymore or if teams have a much better understanding of who they are and what they need to do. Once that was um, complete, yeah. No, I could see that for sure. Because yeah. I think that's around the time where, like, players who, like, sign new contracts in the offseason will be eligible to be traded again. will be some – it's close to right after the mm-hmm. in-season tournament. So, like, that's usually when the floodgates – start to just open up just like a little bit um but yeah i think with the in-season tournament that just helps that move along a little more because those they get to see like okay we need a guard oh our defense isn't playoff defense it's just season defense um we can we can make some adjustments there our offense in the half court when things slow down doesn't seem to be working um we need to make some adjustments there like there's all these questions that can be answered in a pseudo playoff setting, which has been really, yeah, it's, it's worked out really well. And like one thing that I'll give credit to that I didn't like, like I wasn't a fan of a lot of the courts. <laughs> like I'll be honest, like when they first showed a lot of the courts, I wasn't a fan of them. But now when I turn on a game and I see those courts, those flamboyant fluorescent <laughs> courts of all different colors. Unless it's the Raptors, for whatever reason, they just got black courts. Um, <laughs> the Raptors have terrible branding right now. I don't know what's um, going on with that. But. Love you, Drake, but the OVO makeover has not, it hasn't been it's fun, not helped the team. Um, yeah. But once I see those courts on TV, like I do, I recognize it's an in-season game and I just put an in-season tournament game and I, I put, I pay a little bit more attention to what's going on around it. I think that was a good thing to kind of separate it from regular season games, even though these are, these do count towards your season totals and all that, except for the championship game. Um, I think just having little things, the jerseys, you know, the jerseys have kind of grown on me too. Like I wasn't a huge fan of some of the jerseys, but I think most of them I've kind of come around on now. And I think like by the time this is over, it won't even be like a talking point for a lot of people. Um, and I think the courts, yeah, I think it's great to just see, okay, this is an in-season tournament. This is different than the regular season. I think that helps prep the fans' mind and the players' mind that this is something a little bit more important than your just your your standard season game, which is what they really wanted, right? Like they'd made this in-season tournament because it gets stale, especially this time of the year, because football dominates uh the sports world. So they wanted something that kind of keeps fans engaged but not fully there until after after the Christmas uh, break. So I think having things like the court, the jerseys, all that type of stuff has worked very well. And once we get to that knockout stage, I think it's going to be just a lot of fun. Well, like branding super important, right? Like, like branding is part and parcel of the, of the fan experience, right? It's part of the connection that, that ties us to these teams. Right. Um, you know, and like this year, all, all the jerseys and everything, it's all city focused, which is cool. Yeah. Right. But like, um, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see amazing in season tournament, uh, courts and jerseys through the years. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. a shame. This is like coming now and not five years ago. And we don't get the like, mm-hmm. you know, heat, black and blue and pink mm, you know yeah. uh yeah the heat vice stuff like a vice court with those oh, jerseys would have been excellent would have been standout yeah, right yeah. like it would have been iconic mm-hmm. for a while it would have it would have helped launch the in-season tournament but this is what's going to happen we're going to have a couple of years where like certain teams are just going to have like unbelievable unbelievable courts unbelievable jerseys and it's really just going to help uh, branding and marketing and and like sales of products and stuff and like you do this you have a sweet legacy jersey yeah. where it's like you know every team should have like 
the jersey that just like screams that team, yeah. right? Or that like that like the fans vote on every year and is like, hey, this jersey from our past is to. like our favorite. Just put it in rotation. Yeah. Um, and then you have your your that year jerseys, right? And I don't know, like I think those. I just too. yeah. I like all the rotations. Just yeah. give me all the different looks. Give me all the rotations. Give me. Give me all the options in 2K. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give me give me more things just, to play with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I yeah. like the bright and color. Um, and it's it's something unique that like basketball can do, right? Like you yeah. don't see football painting the field this no, often. No, no, they can't. It's it's well they can, but it's not it's not um it's not what they do. <laughs> they no. gotta work on getting yeah. like real grass on like more places to <laughs> stop getting injured. Um but no, I, I agree. And it's like um with the with the jerseys too, I think you bring up something that yeah, you're gonna have like like these legacy jerseys that like if your team goes far in the in season tournament, you might remember that for that year. Um yeah. I think moving forward too, I think instead of the city jerseys being a thing, well maybe whatever. Nike probably will want to keep the city jerseys just for financial reasons. But you can add on you, they wanna add things, they can add on an in season jersey. Like they can add on a jersey that's specific yeah. to the in season tournament and then every time like the courts um you have your in-season jersey too which that's is, what you know, that's kind of like what they're doing that's like what the city kinda, jerseys yeah, are city, supposed yeah. to be for they're yeah. supposed to be played like only during in-season tournament games yeah but but like, they're kind of like extending it they're like uh, we'll give a couple extra yeah. games to like they have like yeah the, they're figuring in tournament yeah. <laughs> wear the jerseys yeah yeah, yeah. No, but I think the in-season tournament has been good. And I think, yeah, once we get that, once we get to that knockout round, um, we'll have we'll have a lot to talk about. And I think it'll be quite, quite exciting no matter who is there. No matter what team is there, I think we're going to get some exp- exciting basketball. And I think we're going to get some some good moments. I think I think what it does is it creates barroom basketball in like December, right? Yeah. So this is like one of those things where um you know, like a lot, a lot of times right now, we just like we watch sports from our own couches and we just kind of get into it and we hop on our phones and we like shout about it on the internet. But like, it's also really fun to go to like a bar mm-hmm. and you know have an adult beverage, have some have some apps, mm-hmm. and like shout in public with yeah. some people and. The in-season tournament and the single elimination games are just going to be exciting games to put on. Yeah, they're just going to be exciting. They're going to bring people together. Yeah, if you are a sports fan in your city and you just want to meet other sports fans, be just to game. have people to talk to, go to a bar on an in-season tournament game. Right, no, that, start making some noise. No, Somebody's going to come up. That's to exactly you. it. And like um beginning before the season started um i know i was talking to some people before and they just weren't like they could hardly wrap their heads around the rules of like what is even this tournament like how is it going to play out da 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 i told them just wait week by week it'll be easy like it'll just come second nature you don't have to think about it too much until you get to the knockout round then you'll kind of Get, get what's going on and even now i talked to those same people and they're already invested in the in-season tournament in a way that they weren't before, yeah. you know like they're just talking about it more <laughs> like they're like oh the in-season you know it's just it's just more of like um cooler talk um that you that you can have that you didn't really have before which i think puts the nba in a great place because as we know as we were ta- kind of talking before about like how sports has just been kind of like iffy with um their viewership and all that type of stuff i think this is one of the few ways yeah. that can kind of help help 
boost that, um, help boost that for sports. We'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Betalytics. Betalytics is a predictive sports betting software for player and game props. Whether you're new to betting or a seasoned vet, Betalytics will help you win more single bets and parlays and take back the advantage from the sports books. Visit betalytics.com, that's B E T A L Y T I C S.com to sign up. And when you do, use code PLAYBOOK for 25% off. We haven't talked about Chet in a couple of weeks. I know last week we said, well, we'll take a break from the Chet and Wemby talk, but. Chet has been playing <laughs> so well <laughs> that we just have to stop back and kind of double back and kind of talk about him again. Because I think last time we sp- I sp- we spoke about him, um, we were kind of looking at Wemby in a more favorable light to Chet. But I think since since that time, I think Chet might be running away with the rookie of the year. It's still early. We're almost a quarter of the way in, so we're not quite there yet where we can start announcing um, people who have won awards yet. But as it's looked in the last couple of weeks, Chaz has been Chaz Chaz played really well. Like he had that um, buzzer beater to send uh, OKC to overtime against Golden State the other night. He went toe to toe with Joel uh, just just yesterday, um, both scoring thirty and holding his own. Didn't get the win in that one, but you know, still showed that he can he belongs. Um, how have you felt about his rookie campaign so far? I mean, I just. Unbelievable, right? Like him, him and Wemby, these two guys, they're going to be tied. And I, I think, I think what's cool about the dynamic between the two of them is like a lot of it comes down to opportunity, right? So like Chet's biggest thing is he's playing on a winning team. He's being asked to make winning plays. Like one thing Chet's doing better than Wemby is like, passing the ball and looking for other guys, right? Whereas Wemby, he just gets to be a hammer, Yeah, right? Get the ball, put it in the net, kid. Yeah. Have yeah. some fun, right? Yeah. This is just, we're going to try some weird stuff this year in San Antonio. We have a power forward playing point guard. It's yeah, wacky. Yeah. Let's go, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like, it's no secret that Victor plays better when, when Jones is his point guard. Um, but they're still running out Sohan, which yeah. is like it's fun. It's gonna make it's gonna make Jeremy Sohan into a really interesting player. But like, yeah, it takes Wemby back a step, and all of this is just playing into like the Chet argument, right? So Chet Chet is this amazing you know bundle of skill in a seven foot package as well, and he's just he's playing on a winning team. He's just one of these like. He's just like when you when you watch him and he's just like shouting about every good winning play that's like going on. Yeah. He's a dude that like he wants it, he, right? He, and it's he, really obvious. Yeah, yeah. He just he wants to win, right? Yeah. Um I think Victor's ceiling is ultimately higher. Yeah. But like Chet's gonna get there faster, probably. And I think that's what we're seeing right now, yeah. is that we're seeing a guy who can who can show his skill set in a better light because it's it's a team that is winning and honestly they need literally everything Chet brings like the difference between last year's Thunder team and this year's Thunder team is is Chet Holgram and and everything that he's bringing to the team and it really shows it really shows 
And you you brought up him going against Embiid, and that's the thing that like scared the crap out of me. Um, just skinny guy got hurt in preseason last year, you know. Um, so you're like you're worried about mm. the body. It's just it's just natural. Like when they're that big, um, and they're they're going up against guys like like Embiid. Like what's Embiid? Like 270, 280? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah like, he's a guy. He's a, he's a large human being, right? <laughs> yeah. Um you know, if I if I ever weigh that much, like I, I have a bit of an issue. I'm not a large human being, right? <laughs> yeah. So like he bangs up against he bangs up against uh Chet, who I think like at least according to 2K, is under 200 pounds. Yeah. I worry. Yeah. I no, worry, as right? You but as you he, <laughs> well, the kid is showing that he can, like, absorb contact really well, right? That's a big thing when you're when you're smaller mm-hmm. is, is can you bounce off a guy? Mm-hmm. As, much as, as much as when you're a bigger guy, can you run into a dude? When you're a smaller guy, can you bounce off a mm-hmm. dude? And Chet's shown that. Victor's shown that, so I'm really happy about both of those kids because um, it, it it should it should lead to longevity. It right? should, like, and yeah, no, I agree. And like that, he just, yeah, like as you say, like he just has this like I don't give a shit like mentality. Like he just has to, he just <laughs> he just, just, just kind of like goes, and it's like for a smaller guy, sometimes they kind of like hold back a little bit of that. Like they kind of get a little timid. They kind of get a little like, I don't want to get in the mud too much, but Chet like very much invites it. Like he very much is like seeking it out and and is not shying away from it. I have his, so in his last five games, he's been putting up 23 points, nine rebounds, <laughs> two point two wow. and a half assists, two and a half blocks, uh, shooting 62% from the field, 39, 39.1% from the, th- from three and 85% from the free throw line, um, creating a true shooting percentage of 73.5%, which is just really good stuff. Now I know this is only five games, um, but it's kind of been the tale of his last maybe 10, if I pulled the number a little further, like he hasn't, is it hasn't varied that much off of that. Um, so it's kind of shaping into, this is kind of who he is as he gets comfortable, uh, in the NBA. And we talked about, Wemby early on as a potential um, all-star candidate. Um, I think, I think narrative wise, I think if it comes down to it, the NBA and the, and the voters and just like, you know, the, the nucleus of all the fans will kind of vote Wemby's favor. But I think if we're being honest with ourselves and honest with like how, how this rookie campaign has started off so far, if you're going to put a rookie into the all-star game, if you think one is deserving, you might not think a rookie should go in the, in the all-star game, which is, completely fine too but um if you do think one is deserving i think between Wimby and chet as of right now we kind of have to look at chet maybe being that guy it's it's interesting because like at the beginning of the season we were talking a little bit about Wembenyama and what will make him like a generational uh uh talent and it won't be it won't be his individual skill set it won't be you know the numbers in which he puts up points or or how efficiently he does that it'll be whether or not he affects winning and right now san antonio is not winning and uh oklahoma city's winning a lot and it it kind of it skews chet in that way so when you have these two very similar prospects coming out at the same time um the winning really begins to take over and and if that's the difference, right? If if 
Wembenyama is everything Chet Holgram is, but Not you winning. know more exciting, more more unbelievable. You know because he's he blocks even more shots. He you know shoots from <laughs> even further away. Um, you know it'll really come down to who wins. No, yeah, and I, uh, I completely, I completely agree. Like that's usually the tiebreaker when it comes to most of these awards or most of these like accolades. Is like, did your team win? Um, if your team won more, then you generally get the benefit of the doubt, and you generally get to, um, you, you generally get those awards and that respect from the voters. Um, and I, and I could see, I could see that being the case, case for Chet as, as OKC uh, tries to remain in the top half of the Western Conference. Um, <laughs> I could I could I could see that being the case. Um just the things I think also when comparing the two players, um Chet versus Wembenyana, um the one thing that we as you mentioned, like the winning plays, I think because of the situation that Victor's in, he kind of just gets to shoot all these shots. I think there was a stat out there the other day that he's he's taken a I can't remember the number exactly, so I don't want to misquote it, but basically he has not been taking a lot of shots at the rim. Um as as um as you would for someone who's someone who's seven plus, and I think that's mainly just because he has the freedom in in the Spurs to kind of just shoot whatever shot he wants. Like a lot of the time when I watch Wemby play, he kind of just brings up the ball and just shoots a three. And I think that's just him still trying to figure out what his role is on on offense and where he can still kind of impact the game. Whereas when you look at someone like Chet, Chet kind of has that infrastructure with with Shy and Shay with Shy. Um, and Jalen Williams, where you just kind of have to fit in where you can. And Chet does a very good job of, of fitting those gaps and providing a little bit more uh, when he can. All right. And that should do it there. As Before we get accused of being an OKC podcast, I think we should, <laughs> I think, I think we should wrap it up there. Um, anything else before we head out? If OKC keeps playing like this, every podcast is going to be an OKC podcast. Just my right? like, just like it, it's going to be an OKC NBA. <laughs> just give it two. Just give it, I, I say two years, but every time I give them a certain amount of time, they just beat it. So <laughs> give it a couple months, and, you know, they might be right at the top there. Well, thank everyone for hanging out with us. Uh, this is the NBA Hangout uh, presented by Playbook Sports. You can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Hangout. Um, I'll be posting a video about Chet there uh, probably around the time you guys listen to this so that you can be on the lookout for that. You can follow me at BJAY93 underscore on Twitter X. And I did create an Instagram for us. So we're on there as well, too. Maybe I'll get the Chet video on there. I've been posting some of the clips from the podcast, a couple, um, you know, uh, we talked about Shy, we talked about um, Anthony Edwards, uh, we talked about Tyler Hero. All those clips are on the Instagram. Not the Minnesota one, but I'll get that I'll get that one up there before, <laughs> before you guys hear this. Um, so yeah, thank everyone for, for hanging out, hanging out with us. Have a good one.